Hold on. Ian Gilligan here. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A bunch of bloody, arrogant, fucking rude knickerbockers. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! So annoying. Uh, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we get into a different album every week and we break it down. We we really dissect it and try to have a good time while we're doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rare review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. We have a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. It's uh, phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. Uh, fuck. Let's let's just jump right into the to the episode, right? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. All right. What else, what are we doing today, Jeff? Uh, we're doing Deep Purple's Fireball. Deep Purple was formed in 1968 in Hertford, Hertfordshire, by Richie Blackmore <laughs> on guitar, Rod Evans on vocals, Ian Pace on drums, John Lord on organ, and Nick Simper on bass. The band currently have 21 full-length records, 43 live albums, 28 compilations, and have sold over 100 million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is Fireball. It is the band's fifth album, and it was released July 9th, 1971. It features Richie Blackmore on guitar, Ian Gillian on vocals, Ian Pace on drums, John Lord on organ, 
Roger Glover on bass. And to date, it has sold several million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, what are your um, what is your first impression, or what is your origin story? I'm oh, sorry, oh. on Deep Purple, and your first imp- first impressions of this record, Fireball. Go. All right. So for one, um, they're from Hertford, Hertfordshire. <laughs> Yeah, that always Hertford, made me. Hertford, that always made me giggle. <laughs> <It's> so stupid. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my origin story is probably much like any other young aspiring musician. And "Smoke on the Water" is like the first fucking song you learn. I think "Smoke mm-hmm. on the Water" may have, like the riff may have been the very first thing I ever learned to play on the guitar. It is quite yeah. possible because it's three fucking notes and you don't need to do that you can just you fuck it who cares go up and down not a big deal so yeah fast forward what fucking almost 20 years i still haven't listened to another deep purple song and <laughs> here i am collecting vinyl and i pick up through to some bulk buy made in japan mm-hmm. and i throw that on because i i just figure okay I don't know. I haven't listened to Deep Purple ever. So let's see what this sounds like. And I'm blown away. I am fucking blown away by how amazing it is, by how complex it is, by how rock it is. And I felt stupid for not listening to them for the past 20 years. And the albums just kept trickling in. I kept seeing Deep Purple stuff here and there. And I just I kept it. And it's always really cheap. I picked up Fireball for like $7. Really? So, Shit. Dude, it was like dirt cheap. And Where'd so, you pick that up at? At Aldo's, baby. Mm. He's always got Deep Purple there for like... Of course. I think like the most expensive I've, I've seen any Deep Purple there was Machine Head, and that was like 10 bucks. Even that? Come on. Shit. So yeah, like, I, dude, I just... I don't know. I guess that's, that's... I don't have like a lot of history with Deep Purple other than Smoke on the Water because that's... Yeah. That's how I've been conditioned to to see Deep Purple, and it's so not fair. And <laughs> and and like I said on the rankings, like they're not like when you talk about metal from like the late '60s into the '70s. I mean, they're not the top dog. When you talk about no, rock from that era, they're not the top dog. But just because you're not the top dog doesn't mean you don't deserve recognition. Mm-hmm. Because they fucking do. Like Blackmore deserves way more recognition than he gets now, because he's a phenomenal guitarist, and even more so, uh, Ian Pace I think gets like little no to credit. zero recognition. <laughs> yeah, he's not like he's not great. Like he's not. I don't know. He's not like a top ten drummer of all time. But holy fuck, dude, he could be like an eleven, a twelve, maybe. A twenty, yeah, like he, he's very good. He is so fucking rad. He, uh, I don't know, whatever. That's <laughs> that's my origin story. It was smoke on the water. Okay, playing it at guitar right. guitar center. All right, then what is what's your first impressions of this record? Or should we get into my origin story and then first impressions? Whatever you want to do, kid. Let's do my origin story and then we'll get into our first impressions of this, this okay. damn record. Alrighty. Um. Oh yeah, like you. I mean, this is one of the. I, this might have been the first riff I ever learned on guitar, but if it wasn't the first, it was, you know, very very early on in my guitar playing. Uh, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's so catchy. 
everyone knows the riff everyone knows the vocal melody and that chorus it's it's just beyond catchy but nobody remembers the verse the verses um this is really this and the song hush i feel like are the only songs deep purple songs people know and even hush is a real stretch but yeah this this is i never thought of listening more to more of deep purple ever I've always thought Richie for years and years and years. I've always thought Richie Blackmore was a very like interesting person, a very interesting character, I guess, because he seems so mysterious and just like I, the little bit of stuff I knew about the band prior to the last couple of weeks was that like he kind of like he was the guy who did everything in the band. He was the one who who left the band and and started Rainbow and had that huge career, and then he left rock and roll completely and started a folk rock band with his wife. And he's been doing that for the last like 25, 30 years. And I just thought it was like, dude, that's so bizarre. And he fucking lives in Germany. He learned how to speak German to, he moved to Germany for like tax reasons. He became like a, a tax evader. And it was just like, he has, has such a weird history and he seems really cool. I don't know. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I, I didn't really hear anything. And then you said I should listen to Made in Japan. And then you gave me the greatest hits record first. And you're like, just try this. If you like it, then listen to the live record. And then I did, and I really liked the like live record. And then I, then this couple weeks ago, this started, and I listened to everything. It's been a wild week, for sure. It so has. It's been wild. It's been a little bit long, but uh, it's been wild. Yeah, it's been fun. So, what are your first impressions on Fireball? So, Fireball, I picked up after I had already listened to Machine Head, uh, and then Stormbringer, Perfect Strangers, Burn. And then I think like one or two other ones. So yeah, I picked up Fireball because I thought uh, this is this is an earlier one rather than like a closer to the 80s Deep Purple sound. Yeah. And the cover's ugly as shit. And so I thought maybe this will be good <laughs> because some of their uglier covers have like better songs. Minus Stormbringer. Mm-hmm. They have better music to them. So I picked it up and like it starts off with the title track Fireball. And I was like, okay, yep, I, I love this band. This band's amazing. I instantly just, just <laughs> smitten. I was dumbfounded by how fucking rad this band is. How cool they are. It is. They are pretty damn cool. Parts of them are pretty damn cool, for sure. All right. Uh, my first impression with Fireball is that, you know, I, I this is the first time I ever listened to it was this, this last week. And um, this is all just very new to me. And I was very surprised uh, listening just that that opener fireball is just the title track is totally caught me off guard. I had no idea that they had it in them to to really consistently do this to make that kind of music. And yeah, I was I was kind of blown away by this record. It was fantastic, but it's not their best. Definitely no, it's not, not their best. It's not their but, best, but I mean, again, like we, it's, they're not like the best metal group. They're not the best hard rock group, but mm-hmm. they're still really really good. Yeah, they are. They're they're very good. Like there are a lot of bands that aren't the best at what they do, but they're still really, really fucking good. Yeah, you're right. If we only acknowledge the best of the best, sir, with honors, then we'd only be talking about (laughs) fucking a handful of artists. That's it. That's true. So all right, then I don't care. Do you have do you have any stinkers on this record? No, there are no stinkers. I agree with you. No stinkers. Um, Then what's your is every song a banger for you? Um, no, I honestly, the last song, no one, no one came. Mm-hmm. 
that one's kind of whatever's for me. That one's uh Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. I think I think every song on here is a banger except for No No No. Not to say it's a bad song, but it's just it it's not banger material. I'm fucking surprised that anyone's daughter is a banger for you. Why? Come on. Cause that is a that is that is that is him trying to sound like Bob Dylan. That is a weird folk song that even they were like, I don't know why the fuck we do this. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I, I did write that this is a better Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I did write that. Uh, oh, well, that's that's okay. uh, that's not true, but. So what's your uh, what's your BB then? My BB is Fireball, the, the title track. It's, it's, title track, okay. It's too, it's too, it, it's an easy pick. It's low hanging fruit just because it's, it's a title track. It's the first song, but it's too good. It's, it comes out, it, yeah. it comes out fucking just hard and it jumps right into that cool metal sound. And I, mm-hmm. I like that sound. Like this is the sound that I like in my metal. I don't like the, the exaggerated vibrato vocals in metal. That's what always has shied me away from metal music. But this is the sound that I like. And this is like it's, an earlier sound, but this is it. It's weird because I, I know you, you like Motorhead because we did the Ace of Spades record. And I know you like that record, but that's like pretty much that is Motorhead. Motorhead is like a more intense version of Fireball. Yeah. You know, and like you should listen to more Motorhead because I mean, they're all the albums are pretty much the same except for a couple in the 80s and 90s. But they're all pretty much the same. Like you, you should get more into it. Because we didn't do album rankings on that that episode, but I mean, I have I have no problem with Ace of Spades and Motorhead. I do feel like, even though I literally just said this is the sound that I like, I don't like just this sound. And and well, my problem with what I've heard from Motorhead is I hear a lot of just this sound. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a picky guy. I'm, I'm very finicky. Yeah, I'm very finicky. Just can't win with you. I just can't win. You just can't no, win. But you just can't no, win. I just can't win. No, uh, my fireball is my also my my BB. So look at that. We agree on that. We we we've agreed on a lot more than I thought we would. On the I was DPs, very surprised. Yeah, on the uh, DPs. I mean, it's strange. hard. It's hard to deny how bad Stormbringer is. I mean, yeah, that's that like duh, like duh. But I also thought you were gonna you were gonna trash David Coverdale more. I was surprised that Burn was so high on your list. Burn's good. Burn. Burn's very good. Burn's I know. one of the earlier Deep Purple vinyls that I got, besides Machine Head and then Made in Japan. I think Burn was the next one that I got. It's such a difference in style, or not style, but like, oh, I guess style, yeah. Uh, that's a great record. Anyway, Fireball. Dude, Fireball's like so um, fast for being such an early is. song, too. Like early and, and just like metal the music opening. it opens the fucking tra- uh, the album yeah no, like oh, early, yeah. just like early in like in the decade yeah like what the fuck yeah. like people people are still trying to recapture this sound you know 50 years later yeah and what, what dude it's weird because this song starts out with an air conditioner turning on like that whoosh sound is an is an actual air conditioning air conditioner being turned on yeah they're about the to bring the heat what the fuck it's so stupid it's <laughs> so stupid ah uh, should i play it and then we'll talk about it more yeah i got a couple notes on this one so okay let's see here we got fireball we got the opener opening track so here we go deeper pull
right, I played a little bit longer than I normally do, but you got to get to that little, to get, that little solo thing. Yeah, the the drum solo, then that little bass solo into the organ solo. Oh, so good! I love it. Oh man, and the, that vocal melody too. I like some. It's some of the best things on this record. Is that vocal melody? Oh, it's so catchy. It's so smooth too. Like he is. I don't really like his vocals that much, but damn, he kills it vocally on this record. Or on this song, I should say. He's just very, uh, his vocals are just very accessible. There's nothing fancy about him. They're just plain old people yeah. vocals, but I don't know. Everybody helps bring him up higher. Yeah, he's he is easily the worst part of the band. Like through and through the worst part of the band. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I just, I don't, honestly, I don't like his vocals really at all. I wish he wasn't the vocalist. There's nothing. There's nothing to dislike. There's just nothing to like. He's just. It's like. It's like vanilla. It's okay. Yeah. Not even like good vanilla. Yeah. Not like Thrifty's vanilla. Just like McDonald's vanilla. Like, Thrifty's eh, that's fine. vanilla. Because <laughs> Thrifty, you know, you know, Thrifty's vanilla is good. Uh, that's yeah, good vanilla. It's true. Yeah, it is good. But damn, dude, it's. This song is really cool, and it's the only song on the record that Richie Blackmore doesn't play solo on, which is very interesting. Everybody else shines except for Blackmore, because there's no very very weird. There's no there's, reason to have him doing. Yeah, that. there's no there's no um, there's almost no room for it because mm-hmm. the way like the the even like the breakdown the instrumental breakdown is is set up. It's just it just starts off kind of slow and leads to this other cool key solo, and the key solo itself mm-hmm. is fucking boss. And but it's not even like wanky or anything. It's just everything just flows. Not, the pace never stops and. Mm-hmm. Ian Pace never stops and everything is just <laughs> fucking fantastic. And how tight he is, the whole like, like a fucking horse trotting like constantly is it's insane. Yeah, he uses actually a double bass setup, double bass pedal setup on this one too. This is one of the few songs in Deep Purple's catalog where he uses a double a double pedal, which I thought was kind of cool. He's he's an underrated drummer for sure. For sure. And then it also goes to show like how great Richie Blackmore is as a guitar player because he knows when to hold back and just let the other people shine and do their shit, you know? Like he could have easily wanked over any any part of this song, but he just fucking keeps trudging along with that fucking riff. It's great. It's it's a fantastic song. I think absolutely great. I think like going back to where we talked about like nobody really owns Deep Purple. And it, like Gillian for sure doesn't own Deep Purple. No, I think if anybody were to lay claim, it would be like a trifecta of of Blackmore, Pace, and uh, and John Lord. Yeah, but John Lord's dead now. So well, back in their heyday, oh, back in the day, yeah, back when they broke up or whatever, when they were trying to, mm-hmm. when they were changing direction, because you can hear, you can hear Richie progress, and then when he progresses. Oh, yeah. The band progresses, but John Lord has been good since day one. Like he's yeah, he true. is he is fucking classically trained. He is a phenomenal keyboardist. He's been good from day one. Richie has had to like play off of him, and in mm-hmm. doing so, has made himself like much much better every single album that they do. And like that's what makes them so great is is Richie and John Lord, is they can go back and forth with solos and things. But it's not like, okay, I stop, now you go. It's They bleed yeah. into each other, and they, they both know, almost like a jazz musician would bleed into a different soloist, is, is 
let me hold one note out while I'm holding that note out. Then you can start your thing. And mm-hmm. it just, it meshes into one long part rather than two separate parts put together. That's true. That's true. Like those two. The way of putting it. Dude, those two are just like peanut butter and jelly. They, <laughs> they're fantastic. They're so fucking good together. Yeah, they really are. And um, to touch upon the lyrics, because we're lyricmen now. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's kind of, all of his lyrics are kind of basic and nothing really deep. It's just, it's a song telling about like a mysterious girl talking about a mysterious girl and how he just kind of falls in love with her. And it's just him kind of talking about that, falling in love with this, this person. But I lyrically, I don't think he was that great of a lyricist, you know, there were or a cu- singer for that matter. There were a couple songs on here that I felt, I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I, I felt just, that way too. I, dude, I, I tried and I was like looking and I tried to like Google search. And I, was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You yeah, either, like, no, you either no, genius. No, no, I couldn't figure that one out. Oh yeah. I just, yeah, no, was, no, no. One of them. I, yeah, I yeah. could not figure out what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> Under my lyrics on no, no, no. I, said, I don't even know. It, this is a love song. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I wrote, I don't I don't really know what he's getting at lyrically here. That's what I wrote. It's it's there's another I think the last song too was the other one that I just didn't I didn't get, but whatever. It's like gave up on half of them anyway. I know, right? I, I easily I mean like I said, he's the worst part of the band lyrically, vocally, the worst part. I just I don't like him and he seems like a total kind of douchebag. I'm honestly. just dude, I'm just so glad that his vocals were there for this music because I just I don't want your typical metal singer over this music because the music's too good and I wouldn't listen to it if there was that Dio sounding metal singer and that would yeah suck. but like David Coverdale did such a good job like he wasn't David Coverdale was nothing like but the, he also did a very bad job he did a really good job on the first and third record he did the second record was abysmal but that was mostly because Blackmore was just done with the band. Like that was more Blackmore and him not wanting to write music. So Glenn and, and David Coverdale, they wrote a lot of it and they did more ballad shit. That's what it was. But anyway, we're, well, we're not talking about that. I mean, even though Coverdale is much better than I, I, Ian, I don't know Ian, how you're even possibly trying to justify Stormbringer, but okay. Oh, no, I, I'm not really trying to justify it because <clears throat> I don't think it's a good record. It's it's but beyond bad though. It's not David even, Coverdale is better than Ian Gillian. It is a That's sub. It is a sub one record. I agree. It's not good. It's not good. But David Coverdale is a better singer than Ian Gillian. No, Ian, Ian like Gillian's never done a sub one record. But that's because because the songs were <laughs> technically better, you know, prior mm-hmm. to Coverdale. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Let's let's move on to your two B. What do you got for your two B? Uh, fools, fools. Okay, and fools. This is like this is like their epic, dude. Dumb. This this starts off slow, dramatic, kind of reminding me of the Doors a little bit in its in its uh. delivery, and then uh, then it starts up right and like it's fucking so rad. It's so heavy and overly simple. It's so mm-hmm. dumb. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. the, 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 the slow part with Pace working the easy beat and Blackmore apparently using some nifty knob work to simulate yeah. strings. Dude, so good. This whole song is based around just that fucking little riff. Yeah, I know. It's it's cool, man. It, it really takes you places. This is my, this is my 4B, but 
um, like, yeah, how, just, how can we you, make you, this riff into a nine minute song? Got it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the what is it? The first minute and a half is just super calm and and just you just think it's gonna just kind of ride along, just not really go anywhere. But then it comes in like it's kind of crappy because it doesn't there's no transition into the heavy part it just starts and you're just kind of like well like why like it doesn't really make much sense love that but I, I, so many times even when we play our music the same songs that we play all the time we <laughs> we transition into the heavier parts of our own songs by doing little cues in here and there we don't need to do them we just do them because that's how we've done them for so long and they sound yeah. fucking fantastic to be fair but like <laughs> the little horn, but. you know like the little one two three four hits into the hi-hat hit into like a fast part or yeah like that and then that like that part like that's a transition also this forfeits all of that and just that's it done instantaneous transition and it's it's jarring and it's it's kind of like off-putting it doesn't really make any sense but it's especially coming off of like (laughs) but it's something that comes off that like is so serene and just kind of like floaty and then it's just like it's it it just it doesn't work i I don't feel that part works but then like at, at the 340 mark of the song that's when it like i think that's when it gets really cool because there's less vocals and um it just it just becomes kind of experimental and weird, and then the solo comes in like what you're saying with he was fucking around with the knobs a lot to do during the solo, so it kind of sounded like a violin a little bit. It was uh, it was interesting. An I thought interesting it was song for sure. I thought it was was Lord like doing some some organ work or something. Yeah, and then just reading different things about that it, it was Blackmore messing with his knobs. It's like this is what I, don't know. <laughs> I know, right? weird bizarre but that dude that's a banger of a song that is a banger of a song should i play it yeah okay should i start from the beginning what should i do because it kind of it's all over the place start from your start from your timestamp then the 340 sure all right so here is um here's the song fools from deep purple oops wrong one uh here we go
Okay, there you go. There's a bit of Fools from Deep Purple. That weird guitar solo, man, with the, the knobs. It I is got very strange. Gosh, I don't like Ian Gillian. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. But that part is so cool because, like, like you said, upon first listen, you kind of don't think it is a guitar, but then once you know it is, then you, you can visualize or i can visualize like okay this is how he's doing it with the knobs and what he's actually doing but it's it's cool man it's really really cool <laughs> i can i can visualize what he's doing i just don't understand how he does it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very strange it's cool though man ah <coughs> that, that's, okay. and then like the the transition also from into that into that sequence ian pace ian pace does the transition but he does it so subtly with his beat to where like you you barely notice it like it's it's more like like he's doing like a four on the floor kind of like beat and then all of a sudden he just changes it up and it i don't even know how what to even call it but he hits the, the i think he hits the the uh the floor tom not the floor tom the bass the bass drum like on the third beat so it's like he just completely changes it up and changes the entire vibe of the song just with that very quick change in beat it's so weird it's so fucking weird that's but it, dude, it that's, works really well. That's like all he fucking does is just these subtle, and he plays a lot like Bonham too. He plays very animalistic, mm-hmm. and he rides these fucking floor toms, and I, I love how he plays drums. Like, like yeah. every time I hear somebody play drums like this, it's just like this is how I, if I were to practice with the drums and try and get better, this is how I would want to play. It's just yeah, I agree. Very loud. It's very. There's 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 symbols, but the symbols take like the backseat. It's all about rolls. It's all about floor toms, and it's just it's just about being loud and just moving your arms as much as you fucking can. <laughs> I know it's it's really really good. That's a banger of a song. So there you go. That's fools. Um, lyrically, though, I guess we could touch upon it real quick. Uh, I kind of got it. It's kind of about his depression and him describing just how he feels and how he deals with it. That's kind of what I get. That was, yeah, I, I I mean, this is a fucking stretch for me too, but I almost thought this was like some type of out-of-body look at death, but that could also coincide with like depression and mm-hmm. and displacing your own self and, and trying to look at it from a different perspective, I guess. I don't know. But I like the choruses. Like, they're all different and, and they're kind of chilling in a way and, and, and very yeah, effective. So. Yeah. You know, like one thing about Gillian too that I'll talk about real quick and then, because I really don't care that much. I don't dislike him, (laughs) I hate him, but I just don't, I don't really care. Um, Yeah. He has a very, he's a very like standard way of of writing, like, uh, like music, like, like poetry. And do you ever see 10 Things I Hate About You? Of course. Yeah. You know, when Julia Stiles is reading that poem about the Joker, Heath Ledger. And she's like, yes. I hate the way you do the day. I hate the day to do how like it, that generic way of writing poetry. <laughs> okay. I get it. Like okay. that's mostly all of what Gillian writes on this. Actually all songs Ever that writes. he writes. Yeah. Like that I don't generic he's, structure. He's, that's why, why he's so accessible. So I don't know. People, I don't know why the fuck anybody speaks highly of him, but I guess in like a generic weird. way, I speak highly of him because if, if if you're going just for like straight vanilla, like you do, he's doing a really good job. 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's better than like your Chicago's and stuff like that, but Chicago, but barely, you know, barely. barely. But he's not good. He's just not bad. He's just, eh. he's not a good frontman either. Like watching the 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 live video of the Made in Japan, he's so boring. He's so dull. But he looks so like cocky about it too. I, I just yeah. there's something about him I don't like. Just looking at him bothers me. I, I th- really bothers me. It's almost as if the rest of the band, like, know they should be better, but don't care as long as they get to play music. But Gillian, like, is the only person that shouldn't be better, but feels like he needs to be better and then gets mad that they don't get respect. (laughs) But he doesn't even really do anything to gain that respect. No, he doesn't at all. It's it's annoying. It's really annoying. Because like you said earlier, too, like, the smoke on the water. Nobody fucking knows how how the verses go. No, not at all. <laughs> Nobody but knows that, that, most about the smoke on the water except for that riff. That's not Gillian's riff. riff. No, but I mean, the, mind you, the the vocal melody in the in the chorus is pretty catchy too. That part is catchy, but outside of that, it's 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 a nothing song. So, <laughs> um, so that's your two B is fools. Let's see. My two B is uh, the mule. Mule. This one because. It's mostly an instrumental song, so that's always a plus in my my book when it comes to Deep Purple. Um, Ian Pace's drumming, just he, he rips it up on this, and he only rips it up because he plays like the same beat throughout the entire song, which is interesting, but it it's it's inter- it's interesting that it works so well. You they're know they're what just, I mean? They're just noisy and busy. Yeah. Just so, noisy and busy. Just keep going. And the you know after the vocals kind of finish the the guitars just become kind of like this like very mi- not Middle Eastern but like Indian style almost like a sitar and I, I like that a lot I didn't didn't know Richie he, Richie Blackmore never really shows that kind of inspiration in any other Deep Purple song as far as I can tell but that that part was really cool and then the the really intense blues solo that that trend that it transitions into it's. It's good, man. It's really good. So I'm going to play a little bit of uh, The Mule from The Deep Purples. So here we go. Yeah. 
right, there you go. There's the mule from Deep Purple. It's really the DPs. cool. That, that drum beat. It's the same it's thing over and over again. It's a good song. This one starts off very not metal or rock, though. Like almost like, almost like eighties. You think so? Yeah, I was thinking more psychedelic there's than a, anything else. There's this song. I think it's from the eighties, and all I can remember was the "Waiting for You" part, like "Waiting for You," "Waiting See, I got, for You." Whatever song that is, reminded me of this song a lot. His, but his vocals or the the melody kind of reminds me of a a Beatles song, but I can't put my finger on it. What song is it? I know what because what you're saying, what you're describing, is a Beatles song. But I can't think of the name of it right now. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I the mule is my three B. Okay. But uh, but I I agree. I think like like the drumming is just it's just busy work. It's just busy it work. Is, yeah. It's just let's drive the song forward, play something, and then just keep playing it. For he plays it for like six minutes. Yeah, six it's minutes. Like a six minute song. <laughs> Fuck man, it's so weird and it. For whatever reason, it doesn't get tiring at all. You know, yeah. you just, it just kind of rolls along the whole time. It doesn't doesn't get boring for me, at least. And <laughs> even when 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 it, the vocals stop and it's just Blackmore doing that those effects, like it's still that same beat. Like he doesn't he doesn't even let up. He doesn't play it softer. It's just the same tempo, the same volume, everything, intensity. It's it's a cool song, man. And then there's and there's what? there's times in the solos where everything gets really really tight, and mm-hmm. everyone starts to sound like they're playing like prog music, like they're trying to go into this prog thing, and it's 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 weird. It's a weird song. Yeah. It is a very strange song, but I I like it a lot. I think it's it's very good. It's a banger. Very, very good. Less Gillian, the better. You know. I I, and, I agree. And the small amount of lyrics, it's just about a slave working for the devil, nicknamed the mule. That's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, I I mean, I just know just about not being controlled and being manipulated by somebody else. Yeah. Same thing, I guess. Lyrics are boring, man. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought for sure that there would be something deeper. There would be something there. But if it wasn't just like boring... Then it was, I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Which yeah. in itself is kind of boring too, because it, even if like both of us are like, not that, that we're both, you know, Walt Whitman over here, but we've, we've listened to enough music where we can pick things out and, and decipher something. But if both of us think that it's just gibberish, then that's just fucking garbage. Yeah. It's stupid. It's lazy. You know, it's like you, you you're not doing anything else. You're not really contributing to this song. Yeah, seriously, you're not doing anything else, bro. <laughs> like your Come vocals on. aren't that good, so at least step it up for the lyrics. Silly. This fucking story of Deep Purple, though, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you said, like the one of the most boring, like big rock bands of all time. Like the the only, I guess, exciting thing that you could say is like the the shit show that was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then you know Tommy Bolin dying from a drug overdose. They're, Those are the yeah. two most exciting things, I guess you could say, in the band's history. It's and it, how much Richie Blackmore hates Ian Gillian. So it's it's it, it's because this is not like a band, and they didn't start off as a like Roundabout. They started off as a band called yeah. Roundabout, and they legit thought it would be a good idea 
to have a fucking a roundabout of musicians hop in, hop out, play an album and leave. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's so stupid, right? How? It, who? When has it ever been like a good thing? Like it just it that is straight up like a record label thing. You know, it's not. It's just so stupid. It, it's very like pop act. It's very bubblegum pop. You it know? is very like in sync or Backstreet Boys sounding. Yeah. It's it's just pathetic. It's fucking dumb. It's it is so not metal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or even just like rock band. You know, it, playing in a rock band. It's because you. You want to jam with your buddies and just, just like have a great time. And doing that whole roundabout idea was just—it's so cheesy and stupid. I don't it, know. And then like just to 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 name the different iterations of your band, like Mark One, Mark Two. I hate that. Like that's, I I didn't understand why they did it. I I figured they just did it because they just had lineup changes. People get old or whatever. But it's like no, it's because it's not a real band. Yeah, like nothing about this band is is authentic. This is a bunch of fucking guys that aren't friends, probably in real life, that don't hang know, out, right? that don't give a fuck <laughs> about each other. Uh, and it it, it kind of like it irritated me a little bit when when Ian like reading about when Ian Gillian and Roderick Glover joined the band. Like they came in as like a writing duo. Like he re- he refused to join Deep Purple without Roderick Glover, and they became like they tried to become the sole songwriters and Blackmore would like put his foot down and said, no, like I'm no, get the still going to write out a lot here. of shit. Yeah. You're the and worst part of the band. <laughs> exactly. And like, it just, I really dislike Ian Gillian. I did like knowing nothing about him prior to this, just like it was shocking to learn all this shit about him. And I, and I remember, I, I know I've listened to all the Black Sabbath records over the years and I don't recall the Ian Gillian years at all. Like I don't remember anything from those albums. Like they're that forgettable, and that's saying a lot because Tony Iommi is a phenomenal guitar player, and I still don't remember those records. So I I I I, I believe it because he is vanilla, and <laughs> I, uh, I can't I, believe how much shit talking we're doing on this guy, but it's great. I would, because honestly, I'm like one step away from just shit talking this band because everything that I hate about like music and and the way music is processed and being thrown together and inauthentic is deep purple yeah like everything that we fucking hate about rock music and just everybody getting their fingers into something that they shouldn't get their fingers into is deep purple they're just fucking Mm -hmm. lucky that they put out some really really good stuff (laughs) i know because this shit would never see the light of day and it's irritating. It's, 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 irritating. it's irritating and sad. Yeah. It's fucking sad. Let, so so let's keep on the, the Ian Gillian hate train and uh, let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So people have wanted them, for what it's worth, people have been wanting them to be inducted for many, many years. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has denied it just apparently because of like politics within the that that organization. But Eventually, they were they were inducted, and Ian Gillian, the asshole he is, say, refused or or demanded that Richie Blackmore not Bl- Richie Blackmore not uh, perform with them at the Hall of Fame, and he refused to uh, even let David Coverdale even be mentioned, as well as Glenn Hughes. Uh, but they were 
they were also inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he refused to have anybody who wasn't currently in the band perform with them on stage, especially Richie Blackmore. And that was, I think that was just wildly dis- disrespectful. Well, it's just, like, that's it's fucked. stupid. And any, any, yeah. any fan of, of Deep Purple or hard rock music or hopefully music in general now, after listening to this pod, will understand that <laughs> Ian Gillian is a fucking douche nozzle. He is such a he butthole. Is. And I mean, first of all, Ian Gillian just, he's constantly fucking slamming the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, so, like, what do you like, care, who cares dude? If you're in it or not. Yeah. Like, it you, doesn't affect You like fucking it. hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but then all of a sudden now you want to take control of, of who gets inducted, who performs. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Exactly. You're a joke. You, he is a fucking joke. And then to have the balls to come out and say that Richie Blackmore shouldn't even like perform or be involved in the induction is is like, bro, you are so out of your league. It's 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 <laughs> laughable. It's 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 uh, you need to be like checked for like mental health problems because that makes no sense. Yeah, and then and then Richie Blackmore because he's so cool, he just didn't even show up. <laughs> He just like didn't even give a shit. He just didn't come. Like David Coverdale and and uh, Glenn Hughes came, but they didn't perform. But they were there when they were inducted. But yeah, Richie Blackmore just said fuck it and just didn't even go. That's great. I think he, I think he's super cool. He seems super cool. Yeah, weird but cool. I, I've I've I mean I don't know like a whole lot about him prior to this week, but I've always just seen him as kind of a weirdo. But now I understand mm-hmm. why he doesn't want to do music with psychopaths and that kind of makes him like a weirdo that he's been like casted as a weirdo but he's not a weirdo he just doesn't want to fucking deal with this kind of bullshit yeah and he just wants to make music he enjoys so that's why he he's done that like blackmore's night for the last 25 years you know like that renaissance music because he just doesn't care he just plays what he wants plays what he likes and likes to drink beer and that's all he does so it's cool it's very cool yeah Ian Gillian's okay so yeah, <coughs> and David Coverdale was better. So, um, so your number three was the Mule. So, what's your number four? Number four? No, 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 no. Oh, this is the only. This okay is cool one. riffage, man. It's very bluesy pacing and and feel, and the bass throws in some really punchy sounds and bass lines, and the song is fun. It's fun. It's just really? great I- blues rock, man. It's paced as a lot of cool rolls and fills, and when leading into other parts, love it. Love it. I guess just like coming after Fireball, it's it's so underwhelming, you know. But I don't know. It just it didn't really do much for me. But because it, it is slower, it's bluesier. It's not a bad thing. But the the guitar solo was cool. The organ solo was cool. But yeah, it's good. It's good. So should we play a little bit of No No No? Uh, yeah, whatever you want to do, big boy. Only seven All songs. Right, here we go. From yeah, I know from Deep Purple. No No No.
All right, there you go. No, no, no from Deep Purple. That guitar solo right there, it's so cool, man. There's so much verb. <sighs> there's so much delay. It totally uh, like slows the song down, but then also kind of helps carry the song and, and lead into the latter part. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, and he does sing a little bit differently here. It is more 70s era style. I don't know how else to explain it. It's not... It's not his normal vocal style. Sounds like Zeppelin, which is kind of cool. Yeah, a little bit. I guess this is this is like a I don't know. This is this is what Zeppelin sounds like. Better, but this was Zeppelin sounds like. But yeah, like way better, (laughs) way better. But this is your four B, huh? Yeah, four B, easy, dude. Blackmore, he could he could rip anything up, and he could he could tear this song a new one with the blues stuff, but he doesn't. He tames himself. He lets just kind of like the real riffage drive this song. And then Lord comes in with his solo later too. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Kind of throws it back to like the early psychedelic sound. It's fantastic. There's a lot of things going on and everyone's kind of just letting letting the song groove to itself while still doing their own thing. It's 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 good. It's good. I just, I still can't I still can't put it as a banger though. I'm sorry. Just can't do Fuck, it. Just do it. Not enough there. Not enough there. Not enough there to make a bit, make it a banger. <sighs> okay, we got anything else on your no no no? No, because I don't I don't I don't know anything about the lyrics. So, I, yeah, same here. We already touched yeah. upon that. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So stupid Ian Gillian. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh wait, did I do my three B? I don't think I did my three B. No, I didn't. Uh, my three B is no one came. The no last one song. came. Yeah, it's just it starts off heavy. Um, the distorted the the distorted bass and the and the verses are I really like that a lot. The the organ how it complements the verses is just I think it's killer. The drumming is super heavy and um, some really great fills from him. Ian vocals Ian Gillian's vocals are different because they're like distorted and very rough sounding. So it's like he he's sang through like a really shitty mic. It sounds like. Um, but sometimes it just comes off really goofy too, and I, it's that part's a little cheesy. But I don't know. The instrumental break at the two minute mark is really good. I don't. It, it's it's a solid song. It's a three B. This is, me. but you didn't really like. This it, is right? the one. This is like the the best example on the album, where Richie and and John, they their solos are basically one, but split into two parts. But the there's. It's not like one and then stop and then go and then the next one. It bleeds into Lord Solo and it's like the, it, the it's seamless. Yeah. The transition is perfect. It's it's it like is. one guy playing two different instruments. It's really really cool and and his guitar tone is perfect, like the perfect guitar tone for this band and for this era as well. Damn man, it's really good. It's really, really it's a cool good. song. It's not like fast or anything or nothing. It's it's just no, it's, but it, it grooves cool. along it. Yeah, it's a cool song. So, I'm gonna start it at the uh, the two minute mark because that's the break, and I don't like Ian Gillian. So, um, here we go. Here we go. No one came from Deep Purple.
right, there you go. There's no one came from Deep Purple and that fucking, those great solos like we were talking about. It's so, so good. So good. It's so seamless. I, I just, I know you already said it, but I had to say it again. It's, they, they should have just been an instrumental band. They would have been so much better as an instrumental band, you know? That, dude, that would be so, <sighs> that would be so rad if they just kicked Gilly out. Like that would, that would have been really cool. Yeah. What if, oh my God, can you imagine like having these records instrument, like if there was a version of these records with the vocal mix taken out, like that would have just, that would be so cool to have those variants of these albums. It's, God, Gillian sucks, man. <laughs> it's such, it's such a shame. I'm, and I'm so glad you agreed with me because I thought you, I thought that was going to be a, a, like a really, like a big fight between you and I, because I for whatever reason you made it you made it seem like you really liked his vocals so i was ready for a shitstorm of they're just very episode, uh, they're very easy what do you mean they're Th- easy? there's nothing to well, them vanilla, there's like, there's nothing yeah. there's no meat on them it's just it's nothing. like cheese pizza it's it's you know everybody's gonna like it it's fine <laughs> i would never buy it like i would never order it i would much rather have pepperoni on my pizza at fucking least but i'll eat cheese it's fine so yeah, lyrically it's just it's just him kind of like saying people or him saying people questioning him and whether or not he could be big in music, and this is him kind of like talking about how he's proved them all wrong and how he has been successful in a band. I think that's kind of what the lyrics are saying, but who knows? I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't fucking even know. I have no idea. Yeah, but damn, dude, the song that instrumental break is so good. So that's why I played it. So that was my three B. My four B was Fools, which we already talked about. What haven't we talked about? We've only we haven't talked about Strange Kind of Woman, Anyone's Daughter, and that's it. Yeah. Um, or if we're doing do you want to like, talk? It is it is important to note that the U.S. versus the European version does have a different song. Oh, what Demon, is it? Demonize on the European, and then oh. we have Strange Kind of Woman on the U.S. So the Bob Dylan song. Oh, that no, no, that's anyone's, anyone's daughter. daughter. Yeah, anyone's daughter. Sorry. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about those? Do you want to wrap it up? What do you want to do? I, I so I think strange kind of women. I think that has a, such a catchy fucking chorus. It does. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's hard. probably one of the catchiest on the record. It's 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 just hard not to like sing along to it and follow the pacing and the cymbal hits on like the backbeat. That is that's so fun. That's so yeah. fun. I love it. It's so great. And the whole song has this like staccato pacing to it and. And then Blackmore tears it up. He just goes all over, and it's such a nice contrast. They're very clean, though. Like, his solos sound very clean. His tone is, at least. Clean and perfect. That's what I have written down. It's it's really good, man. Some cool bass parts, too, because, like, Roger Glover doesn't really shine on anything. Um, he just kind of... He's always just back there, you know, just filling in the, the empty space. But he... Uh, there's some cool parts in the bridge, like, bass parts in the bridge, which I was very surprised by but and i was a little disappointed that like that john lord's playing was very subdued in this like it would have been cool if he kind of churched it up a little bit and and winked a little bit on it but it was still good though it was good this is my this is actually my 5b strange kind of woman but we already played it so i'm not gonna play it again all right well then Um, anyone's daughter let's uh all right, the only song we haven't talked about yet. Let's talk about let's talk about the Bob Dylan song, Anyone's <laughs> Daughter. Um, <laughs> I I really like I like how like the slide guitar sound changes the tone 
mm-hmm. of the song. And like the first time you hear it, it's so good. And it, it the, the song kind of like sets up somber and slow and, and that first slide totally changes everything. And then it gets into this really cool folky thing for this band and really weird. It is. Yeah. Did you list this one as a banger? Yeah, this is my 5B. Your 5B? Do you want to play yeah. it and then we'll talk about it more? Dude, in that ragtime piano solo? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Okay, here's uh, Anyone's Daughter from Deep Purple. bedroom window throwing up a brick no one came I threw one more that really did the trick your daddy came and banged my head he said what kind of man is this that's hanging round my girl <laughs> threw me in the can you're a farmer's daughter you're a farmer's daughter why do I always get the kind of girl I didn't ought to get I won't get no more All right, there's a bit of uh, anyone's daughter from there's so much. I mean, outside of like the Bob Dylan, obviously, in the vocals, musically, it reminds me so much of the Beatles and uh, some Rolling Stones thrown in there too. But a ton of Beatles influence, which makes sense. But yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I hate the Beatles for whatever reason. Well, they're they're okay. They're fine. <clears throat> they're like Gillian's <laughs> lyrics and, and and vocal delivery. That's all right. I rather have something else, but here. they're okay. But yeah, like I, I, I listen to Bob Dylan. I love. Oh, dude, Bob Dylan's fantastic. Bob Dylan's awful. That's that is entirely inaccurate. But <laughs> I love, I love, dude, I love that. Like Lord can throw in this old ragtime piano stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just play like a clean up, clean piano, like he's at a fucking saloon. Like it's no big deal, <laughs> and it's still fantastic. It's really good. It's really. Who does good. that? He does, obviously. John Lord does. John Lord does. Okay. Um, do we have anything else on this song? No. What do you? No. Okay. Uh, let's get into the album artwork real quick because I like the album artwork. I think it's very. What stupid. do you like about this? It's so fucking it's terrible. Very. It's so stupid. It is so dumb. But it's one of those. Th- it's it's one of those things where like it's so dumb. It's good. It's not just like bad and bad. It's it's so cheesy and it's so seventies. I mean, it's it's the five guys, 
with their face. It's just their faces painted into like a a meteor or like an asteroid going fireball. through space a, or a fireball, I guess, technically, because it does say fireball. They're all it. mushed in there, too. It's they're not... all mushed in there and they're all like looking up toward <laughs> looking up. And it's just it's so bad. It's so bad. Like but the tail of the comment reason. says the album title Fireball. Yeah. It's and Deep terrible. Purple is written very tiny at the top. Oh my god, it's so bad, but I love it. Like, but it's what? not even it's not even like a joke bad. Like you know these guys probably thought it was so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know they probably thought it was uh, so rad. They probably did. It's it's so bad it's good though. You know? <laughs> uh, I love it. I, it's the only album cover I've seen of theirs that I liked, you know? Because everything is just so bad it's bad, but not this one. It's good. <laughs> it's just super cheesy. I love it. Go go look it up. If if you're listening, type in Fireball Deep Purple and look at that stupid album cover. I don't even know who did it, to be honest. I, I really didn't even look who, who painted it. Dude, it is a painting. first 11 album covers are garbage. Yeah. like And then they come back with Perfect <sighs> Strangers with that this comeback record, and it's the dullest, the dullest of dull album covers. That that's DP. why, I, I, that, like, that's like one of my, I, I don't want to say favorite ones, but I like that one just because it's not dumb, but it also is just like cheap too. It's yeah. Like they've never done a really good album cover. They haven't. And you know, what's really weird. So the, if, if you look, if you look through all their, their like go on to Wikipedia, you look through all of the, the albums and they all have like the first five or six have alternate covers Yeah, and they're all identical to each other. Although yeah. I, all, they're all, there's just a picture of the band with like a, like a, a different colored bar above them and then it says like the title of the the record like, like the music notes yeah it's i think those like, are the those are like the remastered reissued covers yeah, but, from the first three but it's just like you go from like super cheesy and stupid to the most bland of bland album covers for an alternate cover like what the fuck like how boring of a band are you it's probably Ian Gillian. he probably he probably told them to fucking do this shitty alternate covers they're a dude i just <laughs> i really hate this band but i also really like he really a lot them. of stuff that they've done i know that's but exactly how i feel too i i this band stands for everything that i dislike about like music like the way they're formed like who they are what they represent is just everything i hate about music is this band but, but they're pretty fucking help. good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So it's annoying. So weird. It's so annoying and very strange. But okay. So we talked about it. We literally talked about every song, all seven of them. This song, this song only clocks in at what, like 39 minutes, right? If that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a pretty short album. It's it's cool though. Um, so we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. Um, so what are your final thoughts and your ranking on this record from Deep Purple? Go. Um, this is like, it's like, like we talked about. This has been a wild week. Wild yeah. women, wild women. This has been just fucking weird. I just don't... I'm st- I still don't even know what to think about this band. And it's been two weeks of listening to this fucking band over and over and over because <laughs> watching them perform live, sorry, listening to them perform live is, is fan fucking tastic. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But then watching them, it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty garbage. 
<laughs> and then listening to Ian Gillian, like that's pretty garbage and boring and uneventful. And the band itself, their history is is long and fucking boring. And I don't <laughs> care about any of it. And so this band is just, dude, this band is so weird. And I'm I'm still trying to put my thumb on it, my thumb, as they say over Your there. Um, but dude, made in Japan is hard to deny. Like that is such a fucking killer live album. This is a One killer album. They've done just so much good and they've done a, a lot as much, maybe even bad as I've heard. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't know what to think about this band still. I, I, I don't, on the one hand, I don't understand why they don't get enough credit. But then, on the other hand, I totally understand why they don't get enough credit. It's a, it's such a weird thing. It's so weird, yeah. Like, they don't get enough credit musically, the band, but they get way too much credit musically, Ian Gillian. Yes, exactly. So you get the it's, nail on the head. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Whatever. I don't care. This is, this is, like, this is a solid 2.75 for me. 2.75. Okay, not bad. I um, I think this is a banger of an album. Like I'm I'm going to listen to this more. I have it on vinyls, so I definitely will listen to it more. And I will keep an eye out for other Deep Purple albums that were in my top fives. Maybe even bleed down lower if, if they're cheap enough. Yeah. But uh, dude, this is this is a banger of an album. Like we said, it's is not. This is not the best of the best in any of the categories that we've talked about in the psychedelic, <laughs> the metal, the rock, the prog, any of it. But it's still really, really good. Yeah. And this band is still really, really good. Not yeah, the best. I agree. But they're still really good. 2.75. 2.75. All right. Wild Week. A lot of Deep Purple. Did not expect a lot of what I heard. Blown, blown away by some of it and just totally disappointed by some of it. A lot of highs and lows, um, especially with the Coverdale era, which was just... Uh, that That was the most wild for me was the Coverdale... Those three albums. Because... One of them was amazing. The other one was just like, what the fuck? And then the third one was pretty damn good. So I'm going to get, I mean, definitely I'm going to buy more of them on vinyl, uh, but only a few of them like burn. Obviously I'm going to get on vinyl, um, but Stormbringer. Yeah, just Stormbringer, I'm definitely not going to get, I would probably pay them not to even sell it <laughs> or I'd buy it and then just throw it away. So nobody oh, else would have to so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it and then walk out of the store and break the record and throw it away in front of the record store. Um, but no, they, that album's garbage. But this album, Fireball, this was very, very surprising. I didn't know they had it in them. I didn't know they, they could keep up that speed and that pace. I didn't realize Ian Pace was that good of a drummer. Uh, Blackmore just, he's really good, man. It, it, it's weird because like for me, Blackmore didn't blow my mind. It wasn't like listening to Jimmy Page for the first time. Or, or any like amazing guitar player for the first time, but you're like, wow, this is actually really good. He's he's really good, but he just doesn't blow me out of the water. But that goes along with what you're saying. Like this band is just good, good at best, you know. Well, maybe good. great, maybe they're, great. They're really good. <laughs> okay, really good at best, but they're not like perfect. I would never give any of their albums a perfect rating ever. No. And they're and like you said, they're they're nothing compared to Zeppelin or Sabbath, or the prog rates like you know ELP or Yes or anything like that. You know, it's just they're they're just not the best of anything. But they're not everybody there. can be the best. I know, but they don't have like really great moments. You know, like they have they don't have like any great songs. They have great moments, but not great songs. You know what I mean? 
I, that just blow you out of the water. Like, like you hear, like they have some cool prog elements, but you're like, okay, this, they're these prog elements are nothing, or prog parts are nothing compared to the prog greats. You know? Well, yeah, I but I, it's they're good. It's hard. It's they're hard really to, good. It's it's hard to like rank a band based off of like the best of that genre. I know. It's not entirely I, I think it, fair. It, it, and it's also just knowing that these this band is so highly regarded too. That 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 kind of bothers me because I hate I really dislike Ian Gillian. But uh so Fireball, great, great record, their second best record. And I'm gonna have to give this one a two point five. Solid two point five. Hey. I'm gonna go back to it. Parts of it, not so much, aren't very good, but for the most part it's a solid solid record. So two point five for me, Fireball from the deep purples so there you go you got anything else to say y'all good no i am all dp'd out all dp'd out yeah sounds awful that is it dp'd out baby dp out (laughs) so uh yeah this is ask night radio thank you all for listening to the pod and uh, go to itunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at ask night radio and uh, stay tuned for next week because we're gonna do an album that it's very different for us. It's um, it's it's something new. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Hey, Here we go. It was a great album. I, I um, <coughs> got a little lime, <laughs> little pulpy stuck in my throat, my throat right there, my throat. <laughs> <laughs> a pulpy <laughs> <laughs> a pulpy stuck in my throat yeah Zach Wilde was a playable character in, Z- in Guitar Hero World Tour what? dude I'm uh, saying that weird World you Tour saying that. World, World Tour, tour. <laughs> <laughs> World Tour World Tour fuck that word that word's stupid World Tour well I would say some of it's good yeah no not really you, come not on really. get out of here first of all Baba Tabata is great no, it's not. Yes, that it is. It is great. <laughs> it is fantastic. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Hold on. Ian Gillian here. Rock and roll all of fame. A bunch of bloody, arrogant, fucking rude knickerbockers. <laughs> 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 <laughs>